Welcome to the 7 Days to Amazing podcast, where you learn how to make your life, business, and style even more amazing in the next week. Now your host, Sharon Haver of FocusOnStyle.com, helping you live the life that others only dream about so you can be the best at being you. Sheiksters, I am Sharon Haver, and you are about to be amazed. I have a beautiful guest on today's episode of Seven Days to Amazing. Marie Lore Fournier has extensive experience in the beauty and luxury industry, representing some of the most influential beauty brands. Her company, Fournier PR and Consulting, Bridges the gap between European glamour and American business savvy. Yes, that is possible, folks. Her business has the ability to extend the client journey from preliminary stages of brand building to brand recognition by national media outlets, celebrities, and the general public. She has been fostering great relationships with clients for longer periods than are typical in the industry, some key relationships lasting for more than 10 years. What I particularly love is the European, mostly French, aesthetic of looking better than natural, chic, and effortless, even though there is most definitely some effort involved in the final look. And this goes to your beauty as well as your business image. So today, we're going to talk about that just right touch in beauty and business. Welcome, Marie Loray. How are you? I am delighted to have you here today. Bonjour, bonjour. <laughs> I'm so so happy that we can talk today. It's like a it's a dream being interviewed and having a talk with you. You're kidding or what? It's cool. <laughs> Especially since you're the you know you're always on the other side of the fence, so you're always arranging interviews and talks for your clients. So you know, I thought it was to be really great to, in a not very chic way of saying, sort of under the hood, for people to understand what it takes to really run a successful personality-driven business, and um, how you came also here as an immigrant and have started it, even though most people don't think of having an ooh-la-la kind of, you know, accent as being an immigrant, but you are, and also how just the different outlooks and ways of, of Europeans look to beauty and to branding and to presenting yourself than Americans, which makes it all look so effortless, but we all know there is effort involved, so... Well, I think, you know, I mean, there's effort in everything, but I think, you know, I think the the, the, the behavior and, and the way that the French approach, you know, anything that they do in life is with passion. Mm-hmm. And, I've, and, and I honestly think, you know, this will be like the biggest difference between French and American business-driven uh, personality is that a French will have more passion than an American. American will I mean, obviously love you know, their project, but the French will put, it's, it's in our culture and mentality that when we are, have a dream, when we love something, we go for it 150 kilometers an hour, not miles. <laughs> Definitely not miles. <laughs> not, 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 not miles. And I, I think, you know, I think it's interesting because, like, I think that natural, chic, you know, um, image that we have, it's, only because we are so in love with what we do or so in love with the project or so in love with 
a man, you know, I mean, or, 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 woman, or, or yourself, what they or now yourself. call self-love, but basically it's a love of yourself. But it's, it's really interesting because like in fashion, you know, I mean, I, I, I look like, I mean, I'm not a fashion publicist, you know, but I mean, obviously being, being born and raised in Paris, I do take a look at fashion, even though I don't follow it necessarily. But like, you know, the Parisian fashion is kind of always the same. Like every mm-hmm. woman that I know, you know, in Paris, I'm not saying friends, but Paris, you know, it's like the jeans, the white shirt, the blazer, and the bag of the woman. <laughs> no, and I think, you know, I think it's like, you know, it's that self-confidence, you know, that it gives you of being like well with yourself, well in your head, well in your body, and happy. And it's like, it's, it's that, that, you know, the je ne sais quoi, chic mm-hmm. et portless, it's called self-confidence. You're right on that. You're absolutely right on that. And, and what, I, what I think is so interesting, too, is just when you see so many people trying to be this, like, wannabe French look, what they don't realize oh, is that it, it is funny because French women, I mean, they're not fashionistas by no means. I no. mean, it's, they're very no. – and they're not classic and stuffy, but, they're, they, but they look so stylish and chic because it's that little extra accent that makes it so personal and so special. And- and I also think, you know, I mean, we grow up in a way which probably will come to the States in a generation or, or maybe with a new generation. Um, it's that we grew up in a way that we were to prevent, you know. Uh, so we grew up, you know, at 14 years old, starting with a moisturizer. Mm-hmm. And, and it's all about, you know, it's all about skin care or hair care, you know, less than makeup. When you put too much makeup, you are labeled in France very easily, you know. And I, it's it's really interesting because I was thinking about that not too long ago, and I was like thinking how in America lately the new trend is having dewy skin. In France, you wouldn't be seen with dewy skin because we we'd rather have a semi matte finish skin because it looks like it's taken care of, it's clean. Mm-hmm. You know, the dewy skin maybe is like the big big look of the of the moment, you know, right now, but it has, like, for me, uh, uncleanness, you know, it's not clean, and for us, we need to have it clean, we need to have, like, you know, the natural way of chicness, in a way, starts with, like, taking care of yourself, and in that case, you have to have clean skin. So, yeah, it's, because it's a double standard. It's not that effortless. You're right on that. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not. And actually, I started wearing. Um, I, I'm all about that preventive too. I started using wrinkle cream when I was, I don't know, 14 to 16. Probably 16, I was using wrinkle, and 14, 15, I was using moisturizer. And it was the same thing when I I was growing up. I was raised. You know, I wanted to look hot at 40. Well, I was, successfully passed that you know but my goal was like anyone can look good at 20 I wanted to look hot at 40 so I started using treatment creams at an early age and I'm really lazy like I am so lazy about putting on moisturizers and creams but I do it every day and I don't make a big deal of it and it's very it's part of my regime and it's natural to me and I mean luckily my my skin has held up because of it but what I see that happens with so many American women is they just forget that step, and then they're like, okay, I'm 45, I'm 50, I'm 55, and I never really took care of myself before, so what can I possibly do now? And then they'll, like, start slapping on the makeup. So, you know, they they end up putting on all this heavy, trendy makeup over this, you know, kind of dried out, wrinkled, non-taking care of skin, or they just forget it all together, and they just look so undone. And it's, you know... And- and aging. Put, aging. You know, if you put too many, too much makeup on, 
it actually ages you, you know. And you have, it's interesting to see, and then I just realized, you know, lately, I mean, because, like, I'm a big red lips, you know, lipstick yeah. color. Uh, and, of course, uh, you know, I mean, I'm French, you know, so I was like, what is that? But I'm, I'm realizing that nowadays, you know, now that I'm 47 years old, not every reds are equal <laughs> at my age, you know. So it's really interesting. Like, some reds are actually, like, aging me more mm-hmm. instead of giving me that, you know, natural red lip. Well, I mean, natural. I mean, I know for me it's natural, but, like, you know, that Parisian chic, you know, red lips. So it's really interesting. Like, with age, you are, you, I mean, I will say definitely use less makeup, but choose your color very wisely. Exactly. It's very interesting. And it's also like that coral color that they love, the goopy coral. Lipstick. I know, I know, oh. I know. It's like, you no, know, no, people no. say, like, how not to look like an American tourist. Well, there's, it's not, it's not necessarily the shorts and, the, and those ugly white sneakers that you wore in the gym in 1992. It's that coral creamy <laughs> lipstick, you know? <laughs> I know. That coral thing is like a, it's, yeah, they have to give that up. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm pretty sure, like, I will have makeup artists telling me that I'm wrong, but I, I agree. I think it's, it's, it has, like, maybe because we are, like, in our 40s, you know, it has that reminiscence of, you know, old, old, old girl, lady. I should say. Old lady. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's what something yeah. is also interesting, especially with a lot of the brands that you've represented through the years, is, you know, of course, when people look at a makeup ad, and it's an ad. Hello, it's an ad. Somebody's selling something. Yeah. So if any every line was selling, and it's retouch, yeah, and, and people and have to remember retouch. it's retouch, mm-hmm. and it yeah. was put on by a pro. <laughs> yeah. So you you don't really <laughs> true, true. see the makeup in the picture. So when you're looking at someone and they're having their makeup done, I know a lot of people when they try to do their headshots or they try to do something for their business, or they use like a bridal makeup artist. And it's this very heavy, oh, my God, makeup that's supposed to stay on all day kind of look. And it looks very, very fake. And they, I guess they look at like a makeup ad and they go, oh, well, they look pretty heavy in the ad. So I'm going to look pretty heavy in my picture. And I think it looks good. But your clients don't do that because it still has that lighter aesthetic of looking natural. So when you go and you pick out your clients, I'm sure there's, you know, there's a love, hate, there's a blending, there's a chemistry, there's a sort of a serendipitous connection between someone representing you and your business and your brand and the clients you attract and the, and the clients that are attracted to you. So how does that? But Yeah, I think I've been like, you know, I've been very careful all my business life. Um, and I started this company in 1997. So it's, it's a while now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I started my um, website in 90, 98, 99, yeah. See? Same thing. Mm-hmm. But I've been always like, you know, I mean, I, my, you know, I, it, there's a lot of influencers, you know, in my life. But one of them is my dad who, uh, who had said to me, um, you have to look at yourself every morning and be proud of yourself. So, and and like when I was younger, I did... I did like an internship into a big, big company, not to name it, you know, it's a big, um, it's a big, uh, you know, well, it's a big American company. Uh, and um, and I hated that corporation mentality. I hated it, you know. I thought, you know, everybody had to breathe the name of that company, had to be the name of that company. I hated it because I'm too much French, you know, for that, and I need my freedom and my individuality. So when I started my company, I wanted to dedicate myself to companies that are that have the same 
modus operandi you know than I have, you mm. know, which is you know having passion for a product and giving the best of what you want to give to the consumer. You know, look at yourself in the mirror and be proud of yourself. So I I think very very early on I decided to have a small company, not to become a big company. I mean, I had one of my clients ten years ago who got sold to a big uh, beauty companies, which is American. It could have been a French one, doesn't matter that. Uh, it was, a, but, you know, they wanted me to come with them because of the connection and the, uh, the relationship that I have in this industry. And, and I was like, I, I was open to it at the beginning. And then I realized that, no, they are doing things, you know, with reports and by the books. And it has to be, you know, if you bring someone on a press trip, it has to be like, guarantee two pages and I'm like it doesn't work like mm. that you can't twist an arm you know of someone and I and I and I walk away which was like a very big surprise in the industry but I and and maybe today I will be like bigger and richer and I have my house in the Hamptons but I also know that I wouldn't be happy with myself so that's why you know the client that I have through the years are always entrepreneur who are passionate about what they're doing who are like or, or who are like, you know, opening a gap between a demand or even cultures. And I, that's what interests me. I need to be interested in what I'm doing. And, and being small allows me to say no to clients. And I do say no to clients. <laughs> I know. Or future clients. Hey, excuse me. Let me jump in for a second. We're sharing a lot of amazing things today. But, you know, there's more. If you have a friend that you think will also enjoy this episode, don't forget to share it now. Do you like to listen on the go? Simply download this episode in iTunes. While you're there, subscribe and write a review so we can continue to bring you the most amazing content possible to help you be the best at being you in your life, business, and style. For more amazing episodes, go to our podcast library at www.7daystoamazing.com where you will find episode transcripts and additional resources. Thanks for letting me jump in. Back to the episode. Yeah, I, I know. And this is something interesting because we, we were talking briefly before we started recording. And we're talking about so many people um, not in their own business, not knowing how to look on brand and the importance of looking on brand, particularly in today's social media um, I don't know what you want to call it, climate, atmosphere, as we're on Facebook, for instance, and someone is scrolling down, and I've said this to people who listen to me regularly and read what I write, it's our social media image is just like our magazine cover shot. You know, it is the instant thing that somebody sees and they want to buy into you or not. And you need to look on mm -hmm. brand. That doesn't mean you need to look fake or funny or, but when you look at someone, you want to say, oh, she, she is the essence of what she's talking about. She looks believable. She looks relevant. And you want to also look aspirational in a sense to someone else. Yeah. So I know. Yeah. But so, also, I think, I, I think also as a publicist, you actually should, I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's a big difference between, I guess, me and a lot of publicists nowadays. I think, you know, you have to remember that you're hired to put your client as a star. You are right. not the star. So I think as a, as a publicist, you should learn or relearn modesty and stop, you know, <laughs> you know, put selfies, you know, on, you know, everywhere, you know, about you. It's about your client. That's what you paid for. Your client doesn't care that if you have like an article in, you know, wherever, you know, it's about them. And I think a lot of the publicists lately I've seen are 
are blurring the line because they do like the attention. You know, because they like we've the been like in the shadows. Mm-hmm. We've been in the shadows for so long, and and you know because you do it for your brand that you need exposure to build your business. So where's the line? You know, <laughs> it's a it's an interesting point. You know, for publicists, I, I personally think you know we need to stay in the in the shadows. You know. Or in the back, you know, I mean, we can have our personalities and have our contacts. We don't need to be, like, front image for the brand. But but you still need to look like your image. You still need to look like someone who, you know, it looks the part. And I know for me, as I've I've kind of reinvented my career millions of times through the years, and I never, before the word reinvention became a buzzword, it's like, you know, when I was a stylist for 15 years, I was on photo shoots, and I was the one behind the scenes making the model look gorgeous. I was the one behind the scenes making sure that everything looked right on brand and that you wanted to buy into it, and when I started FocusOnStyle.com back in 99, it was more of a magazine, and um, it wasn't about me. It was, it was. I, of course, I was in charge of it, but it wasn't my face all over it. And as the climate has changed, and as I have changed, and it's more about me working with clients as well and working directly, it's more about me standing up there as a brand. And my image is out there, and my videos, and, and this podcast. And for me, at first, it was very scary to make the transition because as you. I was always, you know, my background, my degrees in marketing, my first job was I wanted to be in PR. You know, every time there's a publicist makes all those demands, like what you were saying, like it has to be a two-day press kit, um, two-day, you know, um, two-page write-up on a, a press junket or something. I remember, was it David Ogilvy? One of my favorite lines is like, PR is something you pray for and advertising is something you pay for. So, you know, I, I like, grew up wanting to be – it's a good one, I know. It's like something I remember from college. It's, is, you know, I grew up behind the scenes, so I understand that so much. I know I'm kind of on a tangent on this one, but putting yourself front and center is difficult. And you were saying earlier – that you had a um, you once turned down a client because she didn't look like her brand. Do you want to talk a little bit it's about big. that? It was it was it, it was a man. Uh-huh. It was a man. It, it, and it, yeah, it was a man. And uh, and it's really really interesting because I learned a lot from it. You know, it was European men, and European men are less tolerant than American men. Actually, it's very very interesting. And they when they have um, when they have like a an idea of a look, you know, they want that. And I was not that because, well, I never was that. <laughs> and the, the uh, yeah, it, 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 it was a very, it was a tough lesson because, you know, you, you thinking, ha, huh, I got rejected because I was not the ideal Barbie doll that publicist has, you know, are like, I, I don't have, well, I have blonde hair, fake blonde hair, but yeah. I don't have extension, I don't have, I don't have, you know, I don't have like the fake lashes, I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, and it's, uh, and I realize that, you know, that's the danger of social media today is that people judge so fast, you know, on the, the image that you can project on, on social media that you can, they don't give you a chance. They don't give you a chance to hear you. They don't give you a chance to, to know if you are like the right person, you know, for the, for the product line. And so I realized that, you know, more than, I mean, you know, I, I, I took it, you know, as like a loving, a love affair. And I was like, great, okay, so maybe I don't have like the size of breast that they want, but <laughs> I have an amazing, amazing, amazing behind. He just has like, he just needs to have some time to learn and to know my behind. 
So that's <laughs> what I'm doing lately, you know. I'm like, I'm going to establish a connection of talking, of emailing, of starting to know each other and having a potential client to actually, you know, not looking at me, not seeing me, and then meeting them when, we, when I know there's a connection. Because at least like that, we don't waste our time. <laughs> you know? no, and we go, we go deeper than just a social media picture. You know. It's true. But at the same time, I mean, I, I know you in social media. It's just you still look the part. You may not look the bimbo part for what that guy was looking for, but you still look I like someone. I don't want someone. to. Yeah. And <laughs> exactly. And, and, that's, and that's fine. But you still look like someone who's professional, who has, you know, a body of knowledge oh, behind you, who's chic, who walks into a room and commands presence. And that is, I think, the most important thing for anyone to ever walk away, no matter what. In, you know, in that particular, you know, case, I also look, you know, the part that, that a woman who is not going to say yes, yes to everything. <laughs> and that, I and that my might be that, problem. Yeah, that might be, I was going to say, that is probably your biggest problem is you're not going to go, oh, darling, that's so wonderful. Of course. Uh-huh. You know? But I think what happens with a lot of women is they see those, those, the bimbo images and they see the hair extensions and the false eyelashes and the heavy make, cut, heavy foundation and lipstick. And they think that if they put on this, you know, glamorous look and they create this like lifestyle shoot of themselves set up in this way where they just look so, you know, aspirational and they're always eating a macaroon. I don't know what the hell is with those macaroons and green juices, which is like they don't go together. But, you know, there's always a macaroon and a green juice and a, and a coffee cup with lipstick on it, which I know as far as I know, a coffee cup with lipstick on it's kind of tacky. But anyway, they have this fake aura and it's inauthentic but like the the fact of the matter is like if you go toward a stereotype and Mm -hmm. if you have enough money because let's not forget you know there's like money also involved uh if you go toward a stereotype who's going to be probably a great publicist in doing great reports and you know blah 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 and it's great but you have to have a lot of money because she's going to have very expensive ideas (laughs) on the other hand you know um you know, will work with a client who has a smaller brand and therefore don't have the budget that they have, so need to be more creative and therefore have more personalities. <laughs> you know, that's mm-hmm. it. So, when you, when, so when, when, when you came here and you said, you, you, you know, you could tell us a little bit of your immigrant, immigrant story, and part of it is, you know, it's perseverance and it's personality. But how did you start out as being a nice little girl from France in the, in the, in the United States? <laughs> Well, it's really funny because I came in 89. I was 19 years old. And I basically came on a challenge from, from my dad, you know, at the end of the day, who, um, who you know, it was, my, was, it was my second year of college. And that particular college was offering, um, was offering like a year in New York. It was just a year at that point. And, uh, um, and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll fight. I was never, I, it, it's really interesting because I was never interested by the States when I was younger. It was for me something that was like very far away with, okay, it was capitalism and it was industrial, but there was no glamour. There was nothing. I, I was not interested by it. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd rather go to London or Spain or Italy, you know. But so as a challenge, you know, my dad said, well, you're not the, you won't be able to make it. And I was like, <laughs> watch me. <laughs> watch me. And so imagine at 19 years old, arriving in 89 in Manhattan. It was a different world. You know, my first class at school was like, so listen, we were like 25 French. You know, so listen, you're going to be, it's not 
you know, if you're going to get mugged, it's when you're going to get mugged. You, mm. you have to put like $20 in one pocket and, and the rest of the money in, in another one. And when you're going to get mugged, you just give the $20 and you run. <laughs> that was my first class. There is a lab fair here. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it has changed. <laughs> it has changed. <laughs> it has changed. So, I mean, imagine, you know, a little Parisian girl from a bourgeois family arriving in that jungle. I thought I was in a candy store. I was like, <laughs> finally, finally, there's no, I mean, and at that time, you know, there was no care about, like, social classes like there is now, you know. It was, you could have, like, a, a trash bag on your head and people were not, didn't look at you, didn't care. When you were going to trendy restaurants, there was like, of course, the Upper East Side rich person, but there was also the artist unknown mm-hmm. who was fun at the table. There was a mix, you know, that 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 you didn't see in Paris because Paris had, Paris and still has so much social class and is divided by class, you know. But I mean, I didn't see that. I was a little bourgeois, you know, and I didn't see that. So for me, New York was incredible and such a source of creativity and freedom and freedom, you know, that I didn't see in Paris or I didn't have in Paris at the time. So I came to study first English because I didn't know how to speak English when I arrived. And then I just fell in love. I fell in love with New York. Not a man. I had men, (laughs) men's at the time, (laughs) but New York, New York was special. And no matter what, you know, even though it's much more, sanitized, you know, nowadays, there's still that energy that there's nowhere else in the world, maybe Hong Kong, you know, but it's, it's, it's incredible. New York is unique. So, I mean, of course, when you're 19 years old, an immigrant, you want to stay, you want to be here. And it was not that easy because obviously the immigration process is very, very difficult and takes a long time. So I went, you know, definitely through the, 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 (laughs) I think the American dream, you know, story, because I was here and I was working and then I was not working and then I had to go back to France, and but I didn't want to go back to France. And I went back to France after six months. I was like, I was six, six months in Paris. I was like 25. I was like, uh-uh, I need to go back to the States. And I was engaged with, and not really in love, but, you know, an excuse to come back. And then... Well, there was, and there was no engagement, but I, I, I didn't have, like, the working paper and to find a job without a working paper. It's the tough. Card at the time. It was so tough. Yeah, and well, every company yeah, that I was, like, you know, addressing the L'Oréal, the Estée Lauder, you know, all of them, they say no because they just wanted, like, you know, green card holder, which I understand now, but at the time I was not happy. <laughs> no, and someone, good. you know, gave me a chance, a small PR company gave me a chance. She gave me a chance, and it's it's incredible. Nowadays, she probably will go to jail. So from there, did, how long did it take for you to start your own agency? So basically, what happened is like she was very small, and she didn't have that much money. So we made a deal where she would pay me a commission on a, a client that I would bring. At the time, I was out and about every night. I knew everyone in New York. So I thought, no problems. <laughs> I can bring clients. It's, like, easy. And then I realized that, well, you know, that was one thing to dance on the table with these people. But another <laughs> thing to say, let's sign a contract together and a great PR. So 
it took me a while, but I was lucky enough to have a friend who was lending me an apartment on Park Avenue. It was really funny because I had like zero money to pay the maid, but I had a full bedroom on Park Avenue. <laughs> but so, that is so but, French from that time. That's what I love about it. Yeah. I had a few girlfriends like you at that time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a time, you know. It was a time. It was and, great. Yeah. <laughs> it was a time. So, in any case, at one point, I don't have this apartment anymore for tons of reasons. And uh, and I go to see my boss, and I'm like, listen, I really need to, I really need to make money, you know, because I don't have a place. And she gave me a really good deal for me at the time. She said, well, there's a, a a bed where the fax machine is. It was a military bed. She said, you can sleep there, and that will be, that will be actually your salary. Oh. And honestly, I was like, well, well, I have a choice. You know, is that or the park or Central Park? And the funny thing, you're going to love that one, because her office were like above Mortimer Restaurant. Do you remember Mortimer oh, Restaurant? Oh, yes, yes, yes. It's very yeah. Upper East so Side. <laughs> very Upper East Side, very waspy. The number of, of, of stories that I have there is not even funny. <laughs> and so it was, like, it was very colorful, for sure. And I signed up my first client, and the first client was like just $1,000, because it was like a small client. And I went to her... And I said, listen, Christine, do you mind if I keep the money? Because I, I really didn't have money. And she was okay with it. And she was, she, honestly, she was an amazing woman. And, uh, and then, you know, I got a second client. And then I don't know how I turned the table because, honestly, I was not that good at business. <laughs> I basically started, like, a beauty division in her company, which was not at all beauty. And I gave her – I started to give her a commission on, on the clients that I was bringing instead of – being like the contrary, ah. but since since I was really bad at math, still is bad at math, um, <laughs> and I, I was like given a forty percent commission. So forty percent commission, imagine that's a lot. And still, yeah, I know it's a lot. It's way too much. And and still, you know, sleeping in the on the military bed oh <laughs> in my the fax machine area. So then one day I was actually a friend of mine who said, "Listen, there is that studio on sixty first that you can get." It's like $800, and I'm like, wow, wait, it could be like, you know, the commission that I'm paying to, <laughs> to, 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 to my former boss at the time. And so basically, I started my own business just because I wanted to have a king-size bed. <laughs> <laughs> so now, you've, you've, come a, you've come away since then. <laughs> you yes, but people, I have a king-size bed. I have an obsession with king-size bed. <laughs> And do they have king size beds in Paris? They usually don't because there's not that much. Room no, no, yeah? no, 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 no. They have like small beds. And when I was a student, I had like I was in the maid room, you know, like the 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 old yeah, rooms like, 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 on the yeah. uh, under the roof, you know. So it was like very very tiny. So I was like, for me, like I needed to have a king size bed. It was That's like so a full of success. For you, it's a king-size bed. For me, it's the washer and dryer. When I met my husband, we were dating, and I was like, oh, my God, you have a washer-dryer? I mean, this is like love. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. These are these little things that, you know, really oh, living is so important. <laughs> I know. So important. And I, have, like, I have tons of washer-dryer stories, yeah. <laughs> Hey, excuse me, let me jump in for a second. We're sharing a lot of amazing things today, but you know, there's more. 
hop on over to FocusOnStyle.com and be sure to subscribe to become a Focus on Style insider so that you can start to live the life that others only dream about. Not only will you get instant access to the Star Power Flash Kit curated to help you and your business get out there, but as an insider, you'll also receive exclusive bonuses, amazing content, and access to special events that Sharon only shares by email. So, subscribe now at www.focusonstyle.com insiders. It's your time to be the best at being you. Thanks for letting me jump in. Back to the episode. So anyway, because we're, we're coming towards the end of this, so I want to I go wrap it up with a few things here. One is that I'd like people to understand a little bit more on like how the type of clients you have today and how you spend your day and how you, know, you can help promote them. And also, as, as far as for, for French beauty, for people who are you know, kind of stymied on how to get the look, if you want to give us a couple of takeaway tips on you know, how you can be more amazing in your life and business in the next week, the French way. I think, you know, honestly, be happy with yourself. Yeah, be happy with yourself. And I I don't want to say that into, like, the blah, blah way. Be happy with yourself and make, you know, a couple of things that make you happy. For me, it will be like, you know, putting on a mask, you know, know, a a, a beauty mask. Or drawing a bath. I love baths. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. we're unlucky in New York, you know, with, like, the small bathtub. But, uh, you know, and the thing that, you know, makes me drive you know, to be honest with you in my business, is obviously, you know, having a meaningful event or a meaningful, you know, project that will make a difference in people's life. You know, one of the things, I remember one day, an editor said to me, I received like a reader letter from a product, from one of your products that I feature, and she said that it changed her life because her hands were like a disaster, and, and now that she's like using it, it changed her life. So that made... For me, that made like everything, you know. Uh, it 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 makes it makes sense, you know, and it makes me mm-hmm. happy to make people happy. So I think that's very important. But there's another thing, you know, that uh, although I think it's important for us who are like working so hard as women, you need to escape. You need to have some escape in your mind. And even if you cannot escape physically, you need to escape. So I have to be honest. One of my biggest pastimes is like cruise internet to see which next island, next country, next hotel, oh. I might never go, but, you know, the mental escape that it, that it I do that too. Me, I do that too. It, it helps <laughs> me. So I think in a way, it's like, you know, keep on dreaming. Yeah. Keep on dreaming. It doesn't matter what age you are, you know, keep on dreaming. I, I know, and it, it's just, it gives you, it's like the cheapest way to, to really, if your day is miserable and you're horrible, uh, it's just the cheapest way to escape. I was once saying that what would probably be a great business if someone would take, make some, this probably is, I never researched it, have like these beautiful videos of like a street scene in Paris, you know, lo- sitting coffee in, at a piazza in Rome, in Bali at a beach, whatever it is, and you could put it like behind you and around you when you work. So instead of looking at, you know, especially someone's in a cubicle, Instead of looking outside the window, you can have this live cam of where you'd rather be. It's like your window on the world. But also, you know what? It, what can really improve your week or can really make a difference? You know, in a week, uh, change fragrance. Yeah, that's true. Change your fragrance. Change your fragrance. A scent is, uh, you know, a scent is so uh, linked to memories and linked to sensation. That if you change your fragrance, you will think that you're opening 
a new chapter in your life. And that will and that has like endless possibility. That's incredible. So what is your favorite scent this week? I am, okay, I am old-fashioned, you know, so, you know, even, I mean, I'm not old, but I'm old-fashioned with my friends. I absolutely love Krigler Pleasure Gardenia. I don't know if you know wow. Krigler. Mm-hmm. Oh, la, la. It's, it's sold exclusively at the Plaza. It's very upscale. It has a lot of history. And Pleasure Gardenia was created in 1879 um, and was, like, the, the first, you know, fragrance that actually Coco Chanel you know, wore. She didn't have a brand at the time, and she was wearing that one. It's it's an amazing fragrance. It's a it's a fragrance that defies time, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm. This is my fragrance right now. I like I like really niche fragrance. Remember, I like you know, I like people who have like the craftsmanship of doing things. I like people who have passion. And there is like, I don't think there is like in in my industry, in the beauty industry. Between the lab people who create, you know, formulation and the perfumers, for me, they are like the most passionate, incredibly interesting mm-hmm. people. No, it's true. Um, it's true. And it's just also, I have, I, my husband hates fragrance, so I've actually stopped wearing it. But now whenever, I know, it's like, just like, he's always, what's that smell? No matter what it is. But whenever I go out with my girlfriends, or, I mean, I still have my favorite bottles and I still alternate what I love. But I remember, um, especially when I had my newspaper column and I had to like, whenever I would write something, I would have to give it about 10 examples of a similar product so that people wouldn't think I was on the take. <laughs> It'd be like, honest, well, you could have that floral and you could have that one and that one and that one and that one and that one. And what happened was I used to, I hated fragrance more than anything because my living room would smell like a bordello because like all these boxes of <laughs> fragrance would come in and it was like, and when I, I started a pet peeve with it back then and I still have it now. And what I think people don't realize is when you're wearing fragrance that, that a lot of the cheap ones that you can get in a drugstore, they have such a fake manufactured smell it's like when you have those Mm -hmm. cheap scented candles and it's just awful and I think people don't really know the difference because they don't know better because they haven't smelled something that's that's just and more of an artisan type fragrance whether it's being a big company that still keeps the artisan aesthetic in how they produce things or it really is small and but there's such a difference people and just smelling some of these really special fragrances it's just it doesn't have that cloying horrible scent that leaves right. you and it doesn't take over a room and it's just oh you can really smell with a scent if a if a fragrance has been created with a soul and with like you know wanted to create a creation or just wanted to have be a marketing tool you can smell you can, it you, you know, can. With just a scent and the thing that's also yeah. interesting about it, and when someone is wearing one of those scents that was created with with marketing tools, and it's so obvious, and especially when they're the ones that you can like kind of, you know, some celebrities' fragrance of the week kind of thing, it also leaves, besides, it, it imprints a, a, a message about the person wearing it, you know, that they want to be that, they, they, they are that created and they, they, that they like that, they're attracted to that. So it kind of puts you on a different level. And it, it's interesting because scent does have so many connotations to it beyond, you know, the actual smell. It's what the smell did you notice, did you notice that there's less and less celebrities fragrance mm-hmm. coming and what, out? And is there a reason? More and more makeup. More and more makeup, yeah. you know, celebrities, celebrity makeup, but less and less fragrance. 
It's very interesting. I'm not sure why, actually, but it's very interesting. I, I think it's probably because it's something like Instagram. I think because on Instagram, you could see them putting on the makeup, and you can't ah, see them, right, and you can't smell them. You know, you you could you could you smell the green, <laughs> but you can't smell the fragrance. You're I right. Said, you know, I didn't maybe. think about that. It's a yeah, absolutely. Because it's not visual. But it's it's not. Oh. You know, yeah, I, I just, you know, to me, I just see all these little telltale signs about things and people. And I think that as we're, especially when it's your own business and you're representing yourself as your brand, there's things to think about on all these subtle signals of, you know, what something sends out to the outside world that takes away you know, from people getting to know you. Yeah, no, you're right. And, you know, you know, talking about people, you know, you were like asking me earlier, one of the best advice that I ever had. Mm-hmm. And. It's a friend of mine who was working for François Pinault, and he was like uh, working for the holding of François Pinault. And François Pinault said to him, the people that are like applauding you going up are the same one who will be laughing at you going down. Mm-hmm. And I never forgot that. I never forgot that. And, and I think, did, you know. And he did pretty well for yeah. himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think so. <laughs> but I'm like, ha, huh. that means that, you know, you definitely need to have a smile and be nice with everyone, and I think that's super important. You know, if I if I if I want to like wrap it, you know, business wise, mm-hmm. it's don't forget who you are, don't forget where you come from, and don't forget to be nice to everyone. Very important. Very important, and so many people in PR aren't nice. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> Drop the attitude, girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could be the takeaway on this. Drop the attitude, girlfriend. You know what? We all put our pants on one leg at a time, and um, yeah, there's a oh god, yes, the Brooklyn girl and me can come up with a couple of good ones on that. But I'll leave the French mm, takeaway from the vulgar, and I'll leave the French French sort of sweetness in the end of this one. So yes, drop the drop the attitude, girlfriends. Probably the most PG way of saying it. <laughs> and and change fragrance. And change fragrance. And wear deodorant too. Wear fragrance because you're covering it up. You know that's the other one. <laughs> See, you know, it's like one of, one of my friends used to go out, and, and he's he's um, he's a royal actually, and he used to go out. So he would meet all these other royals, and he goes, "Oh, these girls have so much attitude." He says they'd go out and they'd be dancing in their Balenciaga dresses, and they'd raise their arms, and it would be like the big the big purposeful bush under their arms, and they would never use deodorant, but they would have these great this great fragrance on because it was their way of saying, you know, like. F you, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I can have all that attitude. So it's yes, <laughs> don't cover it up, honey. No one is too big for attitude. <laughs> so so you are a wise one. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so thank you so much. And I actually like the quote that your father said about you, that you have to look at yourself every morning and be proud. I think that is, you know, that kind of sums it up. Yep. I have to tell you, you know, my, my father was like 74 years old, I think now. Um, he's still, he goes to the parliament, you know, to Brussels. He's part of the lobbying in Brussels now. And he fights Monsanto <laughs> products to come to Europe every time. So he still has the passion and still has a fight and is an example. I think a glowing example. Because once you mm-hmm. lose that passion, you lose you lose everything. You lose hope. I think, at least for me, I think have, being passionate in what you do, um, it, it just keeps you going. You know, 
just yeah. just still alive. Never lose it, even at seventy-four years old. Yeah, never. All right, my darling, this has been wonderful, and thank um, you so much. Merci beaucoup de m'avoir avec vous. Well, you know, I've only had six months of fourth grade French, so I can't. Whatever I butcher, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I probably know more of my sixth grade of four. Uh, six months of fourth grade French than I know of all the eight years of Spanish I ever took. That's even more sad. So it's anyway, a language, it's Spanish. a beautiful language and it's it's a beautiful country and it's just a, such a different way of looking at world, especially for Americans and the fact that you and your business are able to bridge the gap and be able to sort of bring bring that je ne sais quoi and bring that passion to what you do in, in both your business, your personality, and the clients you represent. But, you know, we're, we're Americans, you know, we're always going to be Americans here. So I think it's just opening yourself up to that, opening yourself up to the world is so important, people, you know. Yeah. It's not everything you see in your backyard. It's just whatever the world is there. And if there's also... The thing that makes, I think, French culture so wonderful is that it's not trendy. There is a classic tone to it, and it's, mm-hmm. it, that's what keeps it timeless and chic and beautiful. Look at Hermès. Yeah, Hermès, look at Hermès. You know, during, the, during the crisis, was the only luxury company making more money than anyone else, you know. Yeah, because, because it's, it's effortlessly chic. Absolutely. Yeah, and we could also go on a whole thing about girls and uh, running around in their Chanel bags right now. <laughs> oh, well, that's, oh. that's another conversation. <laughs> that's another conversation on how those things, I mean, my God, it's like I don't know how many girls in New York can I, run around I, with the same bag. And and if I, if I have one advice, and again, I'm not fashion, but, you know, just put one, one Chanel necklace. Don't put ten. Oh. <laughs> one is enough. And don't wear the earrings with the big C's. My God, that's so 90s. How are they back? How are they back? How are they back? You know, or I love when also people do these lifestyle branding shoots and they have, you know, like their Hermes blanket draped on their couch and they have their Chanel bag half open and their Chanel lipstick next to them. And it's just like, oh, my God, people choose one. I I love expensive things, but they're not paying you to advertise for them. Please, you know. Yeah. And, and she less. Yeah, chic is less and chic is quiet. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. Thank you, my darling. We can just keep going on for hours on this. I know. So au thank revoir. you. Au revoir. But before we go, before we go, where can people find you online? How can people connect with you? They can, you know, follow me on Instagram. I love my Instagram. Fournier PR. Uh, Easy. F-O-U-R-N as in Nancy, I-E-R, PR. PR on Instagram. Okay, and then you'll get your website, your contact. If anyone wants to meet, talk to you yeah. about business, everything you can find through her Instagram. So thank you. Thank you so much for being here. It was wonderful. Have a wonderful week. Thank you, Marie Laray. Bye-bye. Au revoir. That's a wrap. Well, not so fast. We covered a lot of amazing things today. But what's your biggest takeaway from this episode? Hop on over to www.focusonstyle.com to leave a comment and keep the conversation going. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to become a Focus on Style insider. Not only will you get instant access to the Star Power Flash Kit, curated to help you and your business get out there, but as an insider, you'll also receive exclusive bonuses, amazing content, and access to special events that Sharon only shares by email. Subscribe now at www.focusonstyle.com insiders. 
it's your time to be the best at being you. So don't forget to subscribe at www.focusonstyle.com insiders. See you on the next episode of the 7 Days to Amazing Podcast with Sharon Haver, where you learn how to make your life, business, and style even more amazing in the next week.